This is the Earn More as a Life Coach podcast with Victoria Gibson, episode 15. Welcome to Earn More as a Life Coach with Victoria Gibson, the marketing resource for life coaches who want to transform more lives with their coaching and earn more while they do it. Hello, coaches. Hope you're having a great week. I'm excited that this is like episode 15 because I've got to share a bit of a dirty secret. I had another podcast. It's called Sky High Results Online with Victoria Gibson. And in fact, it's still live. But I think I got to about 15 episodes over about six years. So my commitment to showing up here with weekly episodes is a bit of a game changer for me and one that I am really, really proud of despite all the resistance, despite all the desire to just do it next week. That commitment and the discipline is really something I'm looking to cultivate in my business that I haven't for many years. So thanks for sticking with me. And even if you have a business that's doing well or you're still in the throes of building it, you likely struggle when people ask you what your magic is. And you struggle even more to pinpoint the times in your business where you're actually expressing it, let alone getting paid for it or building your business around it. And too often, we're failing to cultivate our magic. And this alone could be one of the reasons you feel so conflicted about marketing and hold back and feel uncertain or confused. But your magic is actually the key to creating a highly lucrative life coaching business you love and is also what most life coaches struggle to unlock. And as your innate talent and genius, your magic will feel actually really easy to do once it is cultivated, but incredibly hard to define and even harder to offer and charge for. It's a thing that totally lights you up when you do it, as well as something that people are happy to pay you for and feel amazing after they engage with it. And it's also where you feel most in flow. It makes time absolutely disappear. It brings a warm feeling throughout your body. That's how I kind of feel it. Like when it happens, I'm just like, oh, that is so what I am here to do. I think the only other time I really felt that is when I had a baby and I felt, like, oh, this is what I'm on earth to do, right? Like I, I get it. And I know that sounds ridiculous to compare it to that because, hey, it's nowhere near as life-changing, I'm sure, but it's that same kind of inner knowing and warm feeling that moves throughout your body that happens when you're in your magic. And it evokes congratulations from others and gives you an indefinable knowing. And the important thing to recognize is that your zone of genius is not just what you're passionate about, and it's not just what you think you're good at. In fact, it can often be something you may struggle with initially, but it's something you recognize that you're naturally great at and really enjoy doing too. And when you can identify those magic moments, especially in your business and coaching, then you can capitalize on them by working consistently with them and weaving them into your coaching. And this is a powerful combination that's going to help you strike gold because ultimately it's about identifying what comes most naturally to you, capitalizing on it rather than identifying what has come naturally to other people and trying to teach yourself those skills, thinking that that must be a better way to do it or that's how successful people doing and you're trying to recreate someone else's magic. You can be successful doing this. It's a really easy trap to fall into, particularly when we have mentors and leaders and other muse businesses that we're inspired by. 
but ultimately it won't give you the success and fulfillment that playing in your own unique magic zone brings. And even if you've already have some coaching clients, you may be feeling dissatisfied or overwhelmed with your business and particularly the marketing that you need to do. And often that is a sign that you are denying your magic, you're not operating for your magic, or you're unsure what your magic is, like you have got yourself in a space where you're just not tapped into that understanding of what it is, or you haven't been weaving it into your business. You've been embracing a formula, a way of doing it that is somebody else's and not your own. Now, there's nothing wrong with having other people's magic in your work. Of course, we're all inspired by others. Of course, that is an amazing thing to be able to share You know what we learn with our own clients and weave it into our coaching. And that's how most of us learn coaching or get certified as a coach, right? But if you're stuck in service mode rather than magic mode or theory mode, you'll feel at your client's beck and call and you probably won't be hitting the revenue targets you initially aimed for or you feel stuck in place not making any money, not making any offers, not doing any marketing because it's just feeling all a bit out of alignment. And one of my previous mentors talked about this when he talked about you want to always be in that magician work and it's kind of like that least possible effort but biggest possible gain. You think a magician, he just sort of like waves his wand and goes boom and poof, like everything transforms and something amazing happens. Whereas a mule is like lugging up the hill doing all the hard yards, expending all the effort, generally taking more time and more effort and more energy. And it's tiring and depleting. But when you are in the magician work, you are waving magic wands according to your talent, genius and abilities. And the funny thing with the mule and the magician is that the magician will get paid more than the mule will. So it's almost like we're setting ourselves up not to have the success we deserve by staying in the mule work and denying our magician work. And that's because so many coaches think that they have to over-deliver to justify getting paid for their coaching. And that's when you're positioning yourself in line with what you think people will pay for rather than what you're absolutely brilliant at delivering and what you would happily help people with day in, day out for free, right? Like it can be confusing because you think, oh, I shouldn't even be getting paid for that. It's like weight loss coaches who spend their time endlessly drawing up and critiquing meal plans for their clients or general life coaches writing up and sending session notes to their clients after a session, thinking in some way that will validate their fee or because that's what their clients need or want. You fool yourself into thinking that because you're not trusting in the magic of either your coaching there or the insight that you bring to your specific topic that can ignite transformation in others and create lasting results. Maybe you customize and constantly reinvent the wheel according to what your clients say they want or what other coaches do, rather than trusting what you already know and packaging it into a framework, approach, or system that becomes an actual asset in your business and allows you to step into your power. I can't tell you the amount of times I have denied this in my own business, thinking that it's so much harder to create those frameworks, those assets, those systems. And it's much easier to wing it because that's how it's done. But that just can cause endless sources of frustration in then having to be repeating what you do a lot or creating a few elements or extra support or guidance because your clients aren't clear in what you offer. So you just become like this piece of Play-Doh that just molds into whatever 
they decide they want and you get guided by them and you give away your power. Because basically your magic is the real gold. It's a place where you can create big transformation for you and your clients and make a real and lasting impact. It is valuable and you deserve to be rewarded for it and you deserve to be able to embrace it and for it to stand alone as a beacon to your clients and as a catalyst for the great work that you're going to do. And unlike the millennials expecting to land their dream job straight out of college, we know we have to work on building knowledge and experience. I'm not just suggesting you understand that your magic is, I don't know, having a coaching session that's five minutes long. Look, that's possible and that could be what you choose to embrace and do. But sometimes we have to be led by what the market wants and what clients expect to a degree as well, especially when we're starting out. So I'm not suggesting you just live in fairyland here, but even so, we continue to deny our magic, falsely believing that we need to await some far-off milestone, revenue amount or achievement before we give ourselves permission to embrace the magic in our coaching and in our business. Look, this has happened to me persistently over the last decade in my business. When I started, I was a Facebook ad specialist. Why? Because I wanted to indulge in all the drama and confusion of not having a niche and not knowing what I wanted to do. And really, the truth of it was I didn't trust myself to tap into the magic of being able to connect with others, to be able to create community, bring people together and ignite their own magic and inspire their own possibility. Like I like to kind of say I'm a bit of a lightning rod for possibility because I can see that which they often cannot see or they are denying in themselves. And it's like the cobbler's shoes, right? They've always got holes in them. I was a bit like that too. I thought surely people won't pay me for that. Surely I'm not experienced enough to offer that. I haven't got enough kind of kudos in the industry or any of that sort of stuff. So I would go into technician mode rather than staying in my magic of strategist mode, technician and delivery mode, right? Thinking that that justified what I was charging and what people were investing in, despite the fact that I knew my magic is in seeing the unseen, seeing the unknown and bringing it to light and creating transformation in my clients with their coaching business. But once I could start doing that, it was so much easier than I could imagine, but the resistance, oh boy. And then as soon as I did flip from offering just Facebook ad services to a mastermind that was in 2013. So I'd done a few years of the Facebook ads niche. It was really easy. And that sort of also threw me off in that it was fun. We'd have retreats in Bali around the world. And I had clients from all over, amazing, beautiful clients that became such friends with each other and created epic businesses. Some of them creating seven figure businesses, most of them multi six figures. It was just huge. And then I was just like, surely this can't be what I'm doing. Like the doubt started to creep in and I started to think that others were better at it than I was. And what did I really have that was different? Not paying attention or cultivating those moments of magic and instead going into more of the drama or thinking I had to slip back into more of the mule work and delivery and customization and stuff like that to validate my existence and my offer. I refused that it would be possible to use my magic as a connector to inspire a like-minded group of women coaches and get paid for it. And it was far easier than I could have imagined. And the only reason I actually even started the mastermind, despite having the knowing that that's what I wanted to do, was because I had a coach who basically pushed me off the edge. So 
without you having a clear idea or acknowledging what that magic is, you're always going to be looking for the next step in your business. You're always going to be having fantasizing about other things you can do in your business or other business ideas, other domain names, getting distracted by what other people do, what methodologies they teach. We see that a little bit in the life coaching industry when lots of people have a lot of modalities or certifications. There's nothing wrong with that per se, but it's interesting to have a look at that because it's almost like trying to make up for thinking that you can't share your own innate magic and goodness. I'm not saying for everyone, I'm sure there are a lot of you listening who have that, but maybe that resonates and you recognize that a bit. Because in our desire as women to help or please others, we often put way too much in our offers or in our learning or in our business or in our marketing, or maybe you just don't put any in because you just don't feel like you have the magic to share. But when we're putting so much of ourselves and offering to do nearly everything for our clients, whether other people can see it from the outside with the marketing or they can just see it when they're you know, when they go in to choose, you'll do whatever. You've got all these different offers, like so many different opportunities designed to basically stave off any kind of rejection whatsoever. You're not operating from that place of true value. And you may think you can't charge for what feels easy. You can't charge for that magic even when it creates massive transformation. It feels too easy. Maybe you're thinking that to earn money, you have to work really hard or you're just distracted by all the noise out there and thinking and believing that others are just going to be better at coaching than you are. Look, it's a really common trap and leads us into a cycle of over-delivery and also just kind of resentment at our business. It's what sort of grows that disenchantment that all too often happens in our business. And I often see this with my clients too, who get a level of success and things get rolling. And it's like, whoa, this is amazing. This works. And then they stop offering that offer. And I'm like, okay, so that works. And you broke it. Why? (laughs) And often it's because you've over-engineered it or you're denying that magic part, making it difficult. And this resentment builds up against the clients that we're so motivated to serve in the beginning. We make it like we have to break it because we've created a rod for our own back. And then there's this quiet Teflon or a guard against wanting any new clients. Even though you then want to grow your business, you're thinking, but I don't really want clients like that. It's like you've got that scarred experience from working from a place of what you've created based on you denying your own magic. So it's such a crazy making cycle. It really, really is. But it all comes down to that not believing in our magic, not cultivating our magic, even a little each day. If we're still in that space where we're starting out, maybe you can't go straight to your magic. But how can you integrate it into your day? Even 10 minutes a day would be enough to start flexing the muscle, start building the muscle and realizing that it can have big and lasting changes. So when thinking about your own offer, if you're feeling obligated to deliver what you promised and not enjoying the delivery or you're getting resentful about any part of it, that is, like I said, a sign that you're not tapped into your magic. And it's easy for us overachievers to do because we can do so much. So we think, oh, if a client asks for something, okay, I'll do that. Or we automatically, as people pleasers, want to over deliver and give everything. And here you are, even if they don't even ask for it. 
So in thinking what you would happily provide or deliver as part of your life coaching business day in, day out for free as an indicator of perhaps where your magic may lie, you know, think about maybe it's your skill to bring others together for connection and transformation. I know being a connector is a huge one of mine and it comes up in my strengths finder as well. But I know one of my old mastermind clients used to call me Julie, the cruise director from the love boat, because I just love connecting people, ensuring people have a good time, are looked after, a seen and heard. It's just something that really drives me and I'm good at as well. And it helps people see their own abilities and talents. But perhaps it's your crazy good talent of getting to the heart of an issue for women feeling stuck in their career. Or it could be your ability to get people unstuck and back in flow again in their relationships. So even if you are stuck on what to offer and what your message should be, ask yourself exactly what part of what you provide in your sessions you could leverage and focus on that feels like you are in your magic, you're immersed in it, you're cultivating it. And that may be a certain topic or you could say niche, but it might be an area of focus. Say if you're an energy healer, is there a specific life stage or problem you love to tackle to create real change? Maybe it's helping your clients find the love they want. There's an author called Catherine Woodward Thomas, author of Calling in the One. She's a psychotherapist and she was probably doing the clinic model for years until she uncovered that amazing talent and the magic of being able to help single women bring in the love of their life. And she was able to package that process and her approach so that it could stand out, so that she could easily have those magic wand moments for her clients that then became a book and online courses and things like that and something that she could become known for. So try and notice those moments where there is just sheer flow in your business, where you've really enjoyed working with certain clients and you'd happily put out an order form to the universe to get plenty more of them. Think about the elements of what makes that work for you. Now, look, it's often about a focus area and getting specific, but it's also about how you feel that there is flow, that you almost wouldn't accept payment because it feels so easy. That would be weird. But it's also got to have that beautiful intersection of creating impact for others when you're embracing it in your business. But that is the win-win that can come from the value you create when you're in magician work. Your magic should transfer value to your clients. It should give them either more time, money, fun, status, success, freedom, health, or wellness. It should create a lasting change that moves them forward to create real transformation. And this is what naturally magnetizes your clients to you and keeps you saying yes to that success because you don't secretly hope clients won't pay you or sabotage yourself with this crazy resistance. I know it because it happens. I see it. Don't worry. I've done it myself too and I understand it. But by paying attention to more of those magic moments in your day, the magic moments where your mind turns to a particular topic, a particular area of your coaching that really brings you to life, but you dismiss too readily. Stop doing that because cultivating your magic is really at the heart of getting over your marketing overwhelm and falling in love with growing your life coaching business and a lucrative one at that. So I want you to think about how you could apply that this week and I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Earn More as a Life Coach podcast with Victoria Gibson. For more resources to help you get fully booked and create better results for your clients, head to victoriagibson.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review.